0: You're tuned in to The Ketra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Kitra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome
1: to SOB. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in for another Fantastic episode, this latest episode of SOB Style of Business. This is Keetra once again, and I am speaking with a fantabulous gentleman by the name of Simone Vincenzi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boy. Got you in the house. All right. We are speaking to Simone Vincenzi, the co-founder of G-Tex and uh, just a fantastic person and, and uh, individual. Uh, he's doing some great things in his industry in personal development and coaching and speaking and just just doing some great things. So definitely wanted to have him uh, come on. He's going to be sharing some ideas with us and just kind of helping us in the personal development realm because we all need it. And that's what he's here for. So let us welcome Simone, how are you doing?
0: I'm really happy to be here uh, right now, Kitria. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show.
1: Absolutely, and thank you so much for being so available, because I know you're busy. <laughs> I know you're, you're doing uh, tons of podcasts each week, so uh, we, we're definitely happy to have you on, and if you will, please go ahead and uh, give us a background, and uh, let's get rolling.
0: Yeah, absolutely Uh, So my name is Simone Vincenzi And I'm the co-founder of a company called uh, Gtex, And uh, we turn experts into authorities uh, In particular using the power of live events I absolutely love speaking on stage I absolutely love live events It always made me feel very alive And we help other people do the same And I started uh, in business about nine years ago When I was... uh, years ago when i was 22 and it's been a hell of a roller coaster i can imagine (laughs) to get to this point a hell of a roller coaster a fun exciting journey full of highs and lows and figuring out what things work what things don't work and uh, keep doing more of the things that work and less of the things that don't work
1: (laughs) i totally get that and i understand and i know uh i I know for a fact that you love speaking on stage because you were giving I was checking out one of your interviews that you not one of your interviews but one of your engagements and you were doing an introduction I forgot the name of the gentleman that you had on stage but even the introduction I was like damn you know that I kind of felt like I was there I, I felt like uh, I, I was in the room
0: with Trent Shelton if he's on the, yeah. On the website yeah, yeah, Les Brown or Trent Shelton I think,
1: uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I I felt like you were introducing me because that's how personal, like the the way that you just kind of, you know, you had the the fun, you had the enthusiasm and of course the positivity and the way that you brought that gentleman on stage. I mean, I, I could have easily walked up there with, you know, with, with him and I'm in a whole different, you know, area. So that was perfect, and we, we appreciate that, and um, that is why we wanted to definitely have you on. So let's talk a bit about GTEx. I know you have given us just a, a quick scope of what you've been doing as far as your experience and, and things like that, but talk to us a bit about how you started when you begin to, to get into the personal development space and uh, speaking and things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was when I was 22 years old, and uh, my background was in the catering industry. So I used to manage Michelin star restaurant uh, since the age of 19, and uh, I was pretty successful in that career from a young age, because I loved it. And uh, also, I stopped going to school. Yeah. (laughs) So I I could work more. My mom wasn't happy, as you can imagine, but (laughs) that was my journey. And when I was 22, I had my, let's say, my first midlife crisis, and some people might be laughing at this or saying that uh, how dare you saying you have a bit of life crisis at the age of 22. But by the age of 22, I already worked uh, almost full time for eight years in the catering industry. And that was my career. And I reached the top of what I could achieve, which was managing Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. The next step was to be able to manage a chain of restaurants, but a lot of companies and large organizations required a degree or a diploma in management, which is something I never had. I always learned everything on the field. So I felt, in a, I was in a moment where I was like, I want to change what I'm doing because it doesn't excite me anymore. I wasn't miserable, I was still enjoying it, but the spark and the passion was gone. And I said, okay, well, what else can I do? And at that point, I had no clue, because I said, okay, no qualifications. The only thing I can do is
1: make people smile and carry dishes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> managing yeah. restaurant. So I
0: started attending different seminars. Because so a friend of mine said, okay, why don't you read some blogs, watch some videos, attend the seminars, they might help you out. And said, okay, why not? And I started spending my weekends attending seminars. And I found that I became addicted to these seminars. And I was learning things about myself that I never knew. And I was learning things about the world and the human mind and how it works and the coaching and and psychology side. And it was completely new to me. And for me, it was a huge awakening. So I was spending every single waking hours that I had on reading books and listening to podcasts like your, like yours and uh, uh, learning about um, becoming a better human being and yeah. finding my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I said, you know what, some people, need more people in my network need to know about this. And uh, I had the idea one day when I was at the seminar, and uh, I said, Well, you know what, that's what I want to do I want to teach those stuff (laughs) I want to do that, I want to be the speaker That is there on the stage (laughs) And uh, I still didn't have a bloody clue About what I was doing So I decided to enroll in a course And they got my diploma in life coaching and youth coaching And I realized very early That uh, no one wanted to work with a 22-year-old life coach
1: Oh wow, yeah (laughs) I cannot
0: blame them It's like, okay, you're 22, what are you going to teach me about life?
1: (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs)
0: And I said, okay, well, where can I start? And uh, I, a friend of mine gave me a contact to work with an organization with young people. And I always loved working with young people. I, something I was doing as a teenager as well. I was teaching catechism to the, the children when I was 12, 13 years old. And I said, okay, well, I like working with young people, so let's see if uh, some schools want men, And at that point, I started working with different organizations. And I found myself that at a certain point, I was speaking in 100 to 150 schools every single year. And it was brilliant. That was my very first training. And at the same time, while I was speaking in schools, I met a, a crazy guy with the name of Ben Shorter at one event. And we immediately clicked. And we kept coaching each other for a few years just to, you know, to, to understand the coaching skills and understand how the, this works. And yeah. because we were both positioning at that time. And one day I got a venue for free at the, in, in a farm. <laughs> we're in a farm and yeah. I got this venue for free. And I said, Ben, what can we do? And so we started organizing these events and that's how we started our company.
1: better than zero and,
0: yeah two were the speakers <laughs> Two oh, wow. people want to speak one was my business partner's father
1: <laughs> family right and
0: was the only person who actually came along <laughs> which he chained at the chair saying oh, no you're not God. gonna move from here <laughs> and, and that's how it all started
1: that is phenomenal that well one thing i want to say You know, you can all, that's why you're able to depend on family, (laughs) you know, for things like that when when you're throwing (laughs) events and you need some bodies to fill the seats, So that's perfect. But I I, I really, I really enjoyed the story that you told about the Michelin five-star restaurant because a lot of people, you know, like you said, oh, 22 years of age, you know, he's not capable. He's not ready. You know, he shouldn't be, you know, there's a lot of negative things said about being so young and being able to achieve so much and be so successful. But I want you to backtrack a little bit and just give us the scope of what that experience was like. Like, was it stressful? Was it a lot of pressure on you to perform when you were in that managerial role? Or tell us a little bit about how you were able to maintain such peak performance at a so I guess we're going to go with the word young. We'll, we'll go with the, at a young age, you know, we'll, <laughs> yeah. for the sake of the conversation. Yeah. Tell us about uh,
0: absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it wasn't stressful because uh, I have the kind of personality that I thrive under pressure. So I thrive in uncomfortable situations and I always want to do uh, something that helps me grow. I've always been like that. If something is new, is exciting and I love it, I'm 100 percent in it. If something, I don't like it, not even slightly like it, yeah. I, there is no way I even going to do it. I'm not even going to touch it. That was the case with mathematics.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, well, me too, yeah. <laughs> I understand. So
0: when I was working, um, when I found my first job in a restaurant, it was the first time that actually I was getting paid to talk to people. And as you notice, I love talking.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so all my school's teacher was telling me, oh, Simone, stop talking. Shut up. You can talk even <laughs> yeah. with the wall. And there I was at 14, uh, getting basically being a waiter is talking to people and make them feel good. That's what great managers and great waiters do. And first of all, you do it with a client. And then when you go to a managerial level, you do it with a client and with your stuff. But you make them feel good about themselves. And you make them feel good about being there and the experience that they are having. And I can say that that period was my very first public speaking training, and how did I reflect back? Because it was all about talking to a group of multiple people. And sometimes I had to take orders of tables of 50, 60 people just by myself. And when you have to order, to take an order for 50, 60 people, there are a few skills there. One is that you need to grab the attention of everyone, so then they don't talk over you. And then also you need to persuade them in not ordering all different things, because otherwise...
1: Well, well, to me, that sounds like excellent communication skills. I'll attribute all of that to just having excellent communication skills, which obviously you, you definitely have. So what were some of the lessons that you were able to carry over from that position? Now you're transitioning into, you know, like from a high profile restaurant and you're going into launching your own company. So what lessons were yeah, you able to bring?
0: Absolutely. One is uh, that nothing happens if you stand still. So that was yeah. the very first lesson. By the age of uh, 22, I worked already in about 250 different restaurants because I wanted to experience different styles. And I was working with different agencies. And every night I was working at different restaurants to, to learn and meet new people. So that was one thing. I was always on the road. Other thing that I've learned is that uh, if you want to receive, you've got to give first. There are a lot of people that feel entitled to success, or they just think that everything is gonna come if they just do a bit of work. I did a lot of shifts that were not paid, just because I wanted to learn or work in a different environment or meet some people, and I would be happily work twelve hours for no pay just because of that. So there are, there is value in free. There is value in giving yourself. There is value in putting the work in to become the best. So these were a few things. And other things that, that I've learned is about making people feel good. Because if someone feels good about themselves then and you make them feel good about themselves, then they're going to respect you. They're going to like you. And then yeah. in a business scenario, then they're going to buy from you. If you make people feel bad about themselves, yeah. <laughs> then it doesn't really work. And then one more lesson
1: Right. <laughs> so, uh, what you need to do first is getting people come through the door, no matter what business you're running. Exactly. <laughs> so that was first the step. I've, I've
0: learned.
1: Perfect. Yeah. And what were some of the challenges that you faced just kind of starting GTEx and getting things off the ground? Everything was a, was a challenge and an opportunity at the same time. I think that everything, particularly at the beginning, is a challenge because uh, you don't know if you, if you
0: never run a business before. Like myself, I didn't know what was on the other side. And I had fortunately had great people and great mentors around me, but at the same time, it was still my learning experience. It was still thinking that one thing is just to say to a mentor telling you, mind, this can happen, but then when it happens, you have to deal with it. So that's a different thing, studying in a book or getting or hearing it from someone else. So definitely understanding how to package my services and products and services and how to get clients that was very difficult at the beginning and it was very frustrating because I was able to make so much money for the restaurant owners when people were coming to the restaurant, but I was really struggling. To get some clients, and I was shocked and frustrated, and I understood that it was just completely different way of selling. And then uh, another time is uh, to being able to have a clear strategy around the company because at the beginning we were doing everything and anything, so it felt like there were never enough hours in the day. <laughs> and, and I think that when you're running a company, it always feels there are never enough hours in the day and there are never enough staff members.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Even now that, yeah even now that I have 12 people working with us, but is uh,
0: that uh, was defining uh, the, the focus and the clarity and keeping that focus and the clarity and understanding what is a distraction and what is a, an opportunity. That was very mm. challenging. Yeah. And also when the time where you have no money at all and uh, you get the, the rent.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the a, rent. B- a, big, <laughs> a big issue, yeah. And uh, the bills coming in and uh, you find yourself at five o'clock, uh, three o'clock in the morning opening all the drawers that you have to find
0: <laughs> to see how many, how many
1: small coins you, have oh you, can, you can
0: put together <laughs> so that you can take the bus to go to work the next day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it happened once that I became homeless for six months. That was a very interesting period. of of my life because the business wasn't working that much I wasn't getting enough clients but I still have some money left but my grandfather died in Mm. Italy and I was already living in the UK because I moved
1: Exactly. Yeah, I
0: know what you mean. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I why well, here is completely different. Here's like, "Okay, you're 18. You're living by yourself now." Generally, in Italy, people live with their parents up until they're 30, 35. <laughs> when I was 18, I was like, "Bye."
1: You yeah, bounce, yeah. I'm, bounced, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>
0: when I moved country, my mom wasn't that impressed, and so she stopped talking to me for a while. But at the time, I went through all this personal development, growth, and I said, "Well, if I'm not able to." practice this or to sort this, sort out the situation with my mom. All this money and all this time that I spend becoming a better person is useless. It's, yeah.
1: not, it's not even
0: worth it. And so I made myself homeless so I could uh, fly to Italy for back and forth for six months because I was still doing my courses as, uh, to become a life coach here in London. So I was knew my mom needed my help. So I was living two weeks in Italy and then come back to London for two weeks to do the courses Every month for about six months. And I had just money to pay my flights and to pay food. And at the same time, I didn't want to tell my mom that that was my situation because that was unpredictable. That was not predicted. And so I, at that point, I said, okay, well, that's what I got to do. So I was living on the street and uh, I took it as an adventure. Yeah. It it wasn't an awesome adventure because I've learned how to live with nothing. And I think that when someone learns how to live with nothing, then first of all, you value everything that you have. And I started valuing more everything that I had. And also, it made me bulletproof. Because yeah. I was like, okay, worst case scenario, even if everything goes up in the air,
1: I know I can sort this out. You can manage, yeah. I know I can live. Exactly. Yeah, and to, to me, it, it definitely sounds like you took a chance on yourself. And I think that by sacrificing, like you said, you, you were homeless, you know, kind of by choice. Is that is that accurate? Like you just kind of chose to Absolutely, yeah.
0: because I could come back to it. I mean, with my curriculum, with my CV, I could go back into a job
1: anytime I wanted and mm-hmm, very happy yeah. uh, So, but at the same time, I wanted to keep on track
0: of the studies that I was doing, and I couldn't do it if I don't if I was working full time or part time. At the same time, I couldn't even have a job or a part time role because. Uh, I wanted to go back and stay with my mom for this period of time. So it was absolutely by choice.
1: Yeah, yeah. and But at the end of the day, I mean, when you kind of reflect on that, you see how that was like a crucial part of you kind of creating the life that you wanted. And I think that a lot of people kind of give up on their dreams or their visions or whatever it is uh, goal-wise that they may have envisioned for themselves. Like, why do you think so many of us, you know, kind of give up at a certain point when things are not happening as quickly as we'd like them to?
0: think is because uh, of unrealistic expectations first we fall in love uh, with the results without falling in love with the journey and that's i think the biggest problem while results uh, can happen results are always a big x while the journey happens
1: <laughs> exactly yeah whether <laughs> you, you want adjust it to the
0: or not journey, absolutely you can adjust the journey to make the results happen and i think that if someone uh, falls in love with the journey and sees Everything that happens is an adventure, is an opportunity to become a better person, and I understand that there are things that it requires a lot of personal strength, personal power to reframe them and to have the, the strength necessary to then keep going. Then that's what makes the difference between someone who is keep is going and keeps going no matter what, and someone who is stopping. And at the same time, for everyone. Is about also finding that balance because you have some things that really n- knock your teeth out. And when you have those things, it's good to take some time for yourself to recharge your batteries because uh, I've been to the place where there were a lot of great, like very heavy things that were happening to me and just kept going, ignoring them. And that came out even worse years later. And so right now, if I've got something that I know oh, is very emotionally draining, taking a couple of days to myself to heal that, so then I can be more effective and I can come back stronger than before, but allowing the time
1: to heal the wound. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that that is crucial for you to to be able to do because you kind of need that energy and able to kind of coach and do your speaking engagements and other things that you have lined up. So how, like, what do you enjoy most about helping people get to the next level and maximizing their potential? And then also to like, kind of take us into like some of the things that you cover with your coaching programs and even in some of the, the live speaking events that you guys do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of uh, uh, what excites me the most, answering the first question, which was what excites me the most about the results today and the work that we do with our clients uh, is uh, seeing them growing. It's yeah. the growth process, even less uh, the results. If they get the results, also, I'm really happy. But I put more importance in the process than in the results. Because it's the process that makes you a better person. It's the process that makes you a better human being or a better business person that then gives you the results that you want. So when someone is growing through that process and I'm seeing their challenges and seeing how they're going through it. And I'm seeing then the first little results that they get, uh, no matter how small or how big that is, that's what excites me the most. As long as I see my clients growing and my clients moving forward and they're being proactive rather than reactive and creating a solution rather than focusing on problems, that's uh, what makes me say, wow, I love, I really love what I do. And we mentor thousands of people every year. We have thousands of people that come through our events every single year. And uh, this, uh, even in a, in a period of a three-day, we run a three-day course uh, where we help them to refine their business model, create their signature program, and then launch it. Uh, so they actually launch everything on, the, on day three. It's called Explode Your Expert Business Intensive. The growth pros that I see when we run these intensive workshops or retreat is insane because uh, we create very high, very intense environment. Like you come to us, you work. There is no other, is no, there is not that much dancing around, not much
1: clapping. <laughs> uh, you're coming here to work. work yeah. And you keep working uh, even when your brain tells you, I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: we are like this as a company. And uh, in fact, we are not for everyone. But when we are doing this kind of training, and we are seeing so many results happening in such a short period of time, so much growth happening in such a short period of time, and so much progress happening in such a short period of time, then uh, also then believe, then all the participants makes them believe that they don't need to wait years to make something happen. That done is better, way better than perfect. And you start by doing something and you launch what you have. Awesome. There is always a version 2, version 3, version 4, version 5, version 10. Everything is always a work in progress, but it's never... You can never launch something if you if you're always looking for for the perfect product or the perfect service or the perfect branding or the perfect website. My first website sucked, <laughs> and I
1: spent the it, demand, it. I yeah. <laughs> seven
0: months building it
1: myself. <laughs> so it's, well, wow. I tell you what, I mean, did you kind of fall into that trap of thinking that you could do it yourself, <laughs> you know, trying to save a couple of dollars, trying to save a couple of dollars and it ended up uh, taking the better part of a, almost a year trying to get it done and it's still not meet your expectations. That's got to be worse than having to shell out a couple of dollars to just pay for it. From the yeah. jump. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think it
0: happens to everyone because we think as entrepreneurs that we are superheroes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we got, and we can handle everything. And this is a challenge.
0: For, so we are evil As entrepreneurs, we are great at justifying everything. We can justify everything we want. And uh, we see, oh, I need to build a website. But this is a challenge to help me grow. No, this is just wasting
1: your time. Exactly. <laughs> so, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you are absolutely right. And I know that we were talking about earlier, like the mentors and just kind of using the different resources to kind of help grow and get our businesses and and stuff like that underway. But aside from the stuff that we need, you know, in order to put a business together, like you also have to have the interest. You also have to have the passion, the enthusiasm, the energy. And that's one thing that I really kind of take away from What you're doing is because you have those for the work that you're doing. Like even when you're on stage, you know, you're entertaining people in addition to sharing the information, right? So tell us a little bit about like how important is it for you to create your own style? You know, you're coming up with your own speaking style, your own way to engage the audience. You have your own programs. How important is that? It's crucial,
0: not just for me, but for everyone. When you are on stage, because before there were not many speakers or not many trainers. So If you're talking about our industry, there were very few people. And then the social media exploded and suddenly everyone is a speaker. Yeah. Suddenly
1: everyone <laughs> Exactly.
0: Suddenly everyone is a
1: trainer. <laughs> Most of them are
0: unemployed. They just call themselves like that. <laughs> and I was one of them. So <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> the thing is that because there is so much noise and so much choice for people that every third person they know is a bloody coach, then how do you stand out? How do you make yourself more attractive? And that's where your signature style comes in. And that's why it's so important. I think that the best investment that I've made in terms of business courses, anything, was $30,000 for a speaking training. I went to the best speaking training I would find. It was expensive. Yes, I had $400 in my, in this case, pound, but a 400 pound in my bank account. I negotiated an incredibly long payment plan. I paid it off. And that was the very best thing I've ever done because uh, he got me comfortable on stage. He got me to understand my style. It got me to stand out and it got me to grow really quickly. And so in a few years, I was able to make really good money. Actually, within three years, I was able to make some really good money as a speaker. And the more you stand out, the more people are going to come to you. That's why I'm a musician and I'm a basketball player. These are two things that are part of my life and are part of my essence. Musician, I play the didgeridoo, which is a very interesting instrument, not very common. It's an Australian aboriginal instrument. And I can beatbox. So I can do beatboxing with the didgeridoo. And uh, every time I go on stage, that's how I open every single talk I do. I'm there with the didgeridoo. I beatbox with the didgeridoo. And then I'm linking that with a message that I want to give to the audience, depending on the talk. So where people, when every other speakers will come in and they will say, hi... My name
1: is Johnny. I start, let me box with you, with the didgeridoo. Who they going to remember. Exactly. I have to share this really quick. To be honest, I'm not familiar with that particular instrument. So when you, when I was like kind of going over like some of the, you know, your videos and read the bio, it's like, oh yeah, I, I love basketball and, and the didgeridoo. I'm like, okay, that, what is that? And then when you had it on stage, right, this big, <laughs> long, like flute looking deal, <laughs> I thought that maybe okay he's joking maybe this is you know some type of comedy act he, he's not really gonna play the didgeridoo right and then you go into this full beatbox skid and all this other stuff it was just hilarious at one point i think you had a like a um, it was called the it, it's a video where you you played it a guy came up on stage with you y'all would, he was dancing and it was just it was hilarious but yeah i i, I, I was like i was like
0: <laughs> that was a very old video of a conference with young people.
1: Oh, so bad! I was like Simone, what is this didgeridoo deal? Like this is such a a, a wild instrument, and then for any anybody to be able to play such, because it, it looks so bizarre, right? But um, you said something like, hey, this is how such and such plays the didgeridoo, which was like a standard, a uh, regular style, and then you to kind of come up and do your beatbox. it, <laughs> it was phenomenal. So. Yeah, I was like, I have got to ask Simone about this didgeridoo and uh <laughs> try to figure out if this is an icebreaker for his uh for his live events.
0: Absolutely, it's a, it's part of my signature now, and people know me as the
1: Italian speaker with the didgeridoo. We do, yeah. yeah. I'm Italian originally, <laughs> so they don't even—they might not even remember what you say, particularly if there is, a, you know, an event when there are multiple
0: speakers. It's very difficult for the audience to remember what you say, but they will remember something that you do, or they will remember something particular that you wear. They will remember maybe something that you say in a way because of the way you say it. And these are the things that you want to be conscious of if you want to really stand out as a speaker and make a name for yourself. And always think about what makes me unique. Um, I was interviewing a podcast just a few, uh, few hours ago for another show. And the woman running the podcast, she's a magician and she's a speaker as well, this is awesome. So whatever skill that you have that you can bring to the table that makes you stand out, Got another uh, friend uh, who does martial arts. So he started set with uh, like a martial art, uh, crazy style of punches and kicks and high kicks and jumps. Beat that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is, I tell you what, you're talking about a signature style. That is, Uh, <laughs> I think that'll get it. I think that'll do it. But we definitely, I, I mean, I love the fact that you have kind of incorporated that into your engagement. Cause like you said, I mean, if I don't remember anything else, I'm going to remember the way that that instrument kind of looked and the and especially the, the beatboxing. I mean, that's, that was just kind of off the chart. So big ups for that. And before we wrap up, Simone, I would like to ask you to leave us with some advice for just general advice for those who are looking to become like a speaker or a personal development coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if someone is looking to become a speaker or a personal development coach, whatever training you're doing, biggest piece of advice that I can give you is to build your expertise and to prove that you are the walking, living, breathing embodiment of what you do.
1: Because just because you attend the two-day seminar for free
0: it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't make you an expert in your field expertise is built with time so don't be afraid to put hours in do hundreds of sessions for free if you need to prove to get the right testimonial to build the right expertise because you want to make sure that when the client the right client comes in you can tick all the boxes for them to say yes I want to work with you because I trust you that's the first biggest piece of advice and the second biggest piece of advice that I can give is always to have a
1: Perfect, perfect. All right. I am so happy and and, uh, excited to have had you here today, Simone. Before we close, go ahead and let us know where we can find you online, website, uh, information on GTEx, if you have any upcoming events, engagements, all of that other good stuff. Go ahead and leave that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. So the the website where you can find everything
0: is uh, www.gtex.com org.uk so www.gtex.org.uk one more time www.gtex.org.uk and uh, I've got uh, something special for you if you are uh, if you are a speaker and in particular you want to learn how to create presentations that sell uh, I've created a checklist that I use every time for myself and initially I created it for myself because I needed a way to structure the talk and structure the call to action and get people to buy that was predictable every single time. So I decided also to give this uh, checklist away for free for everyone uh, who wants to build this kind of talks or maybe refine the talks that is already existing to help them convert more. And uh, you can find it on the very front of the website and uh, also if you uh, that's company for free and also if you're a speaker and uh, you want to have a chat to see how we can work together and how we can help you build a speaking empire then you can find a form on the website in the contact us session where you can uh, fill up a short application and then we can have a chat and see how we can work together
1: perfect perfect sounds good simone so you guys heard it if you would like to speak to simone which i highly recommend this guy knows what he's doing and just love his energy. But yeah, we definitely thank you for being on the show and we will be keeping up with all the wonderful things that you're doing going forward. Thanks so much, Simone. You have a good day. Thank you.